because you can still make money doing it. But what it opens up to you in sports betting is such a ton of future profits, right? Hey, what's up? GP13 here. Today, I wanted to do an episode um, on a, con- a couple conversations I've had recently inspired this episode. And this is going to be the five best ways that you can make money sports betting within a couple of months. Let's call it within 60 days. Just put an arbitrary number on it. Okay. So these are going to be the five ways that you can make money. And it will only take you 60 days max to learn how to do any one of these. Okay. Number five, we're going to go reverse order up until these will be ranked in my opinion. Okay. So number five is bonuses. Bonuses are a surefire way to win. I think that you have to this, if anything, it's almost like these five can be seen as a stepping stone. Bonuses, super easy, right? deposit bonuses, um, judging whether a promo is good or bad, uh, knowing, you know, how to quickly become aware of promos. That's, you know, that's part of, that's part of being a good bonus player, right? So you're basically just looking to find every plus EV promo available to you on a book that you can bet it and then bet it pretty simple. Understand, you know, bankroll management, but usually promo bankroll management is going to take care of itself. You're just betting max because they don't allow very much. The reason promo is five and, and not a little higher, it's if I were to say like if if you only had a hundred dollars, promo would be one. It'd be the one and only. Deposit bonus and mix it with just taking the promotional lines and build, building your role. The reason I don't have promo higher is it's it's not scalable and it's not the 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 power of it is decreasing as the sports books have fewer marketing dollars that they're allocating to acquiring customers and, and we can see this pretty much everywhere if you look at their um earnings reports and you know the tones the CEOs are taking towards ad, ad spend it's definitely uh, a little more bearish on promos so one, I think the golden age of promos are over. Two, it doesn't really matter. Like you, yeah. I mean, I hate to say you can't do this because I'm sure that there's people who would prove me wrong. But I think it's extremely hard to make enough money on promos to make a decent living sports betting. So the the longevity of the strategy is not really there, and the ceiling is is very low. Okay. Number four, this is going to be devegging, or what people I th- people are calling plus EV betting. And again, I as you know, I don't really like this term because it doesn't have anything to do. Like plus EV betting is just finding a bet that has positive expectation, right? Doesn't matter how you found it. What I mean by devegging, this is like a this is like a prop screen, an odd screen. Think about like odds jams, fantasy screen, right? Or um, unabated uh, sportsbook screen, odds jam sportsbook screen. So these 
are essentially screens where they're going to take they're going to take the aggregate numbers from the market, right? They're going to combine and give weights to the different books, come out, take away the juice, try and find a true market probability. And then they're going to compare that to any other probability um, out in the market. And I would say that this is four, but a corollary of it is like, I think it could be as high as two. If you're doing this for markets, which are not currently covered for odd screens, right? So as it is, if you're just doing the stuff that's on screen, it goes away very quickly. Everyone's seeing it. Everyone's hitting it. And I think that the screens give a lot of false positives. And this is why this is four and not number three. Number three is going to be one that is very similar, but it's, in my opinion, it doesn't give as many false positives. Odd screens still give a lot of false positives because it doesn't take into context the direction the line moved, which is extremely important. And I think I went over this in an earlier episode, but juice isn't evenly distributed, right? Juice is not evenly distributed across the sports betting line. What I mean is let's say you have a basketball line go from minus seven to minus seven and a half, right? Or minus eight, right? So minus seven, it goes to minus eight. You're like, wow, okay. Well, minus eight, the, it must, you know, be minus 110, minus 110, and both sides are a coin flip, right? It goes minus seven, minus 110, minus 110 to minus eight, minus 110, minus 110. If you were to devig the minus eight line, you would get, the true line is minus eight, you know, right? But it's not. It's actually like minus eight point something because the line is more powerful or the true probability is in the direction the line was moving. And this is, there's been a lot of studies done this, but the basis of it is like someone bet minus seven, so it moves to minus eight and maybe they don't bet it. But for them to bet minus seven, someone that the sports book respects enough to move it, their true probability was probably like minus nine to make that bet worth it, right? So like the direction the line moves is still the stronger position. So minus seven to minus eight, you would rather take minus eight than plus eight there. Very simple, but I find that it's like not accounted for properly still via a lot of the odd screens. So you're going to get numbers that in my opinion, I don't think actually reflect plus EV wagers and you're still going to take them. Now that's also on you. Like you want to make sure that you're in contact, you know, putting context to these numbers you're seeing on the screen, but as a strategy, just using a screen and deciding like, you know, we're going to devig that how they do it and just place the bet. So it's good. It's a good way to get a lot of volume. But I don't think it's it wins as much as the next one. Number three, the hot button topic, steam chasing. So I've talked a lot about steam chasing. I think that it is slightly better than devigging because for two reasons. Actually, I do think you get more volume steam chasing. And if you do if you steam chase properly, which means like you understand when the market is actually moving 
in a direction like there is a there is a number that's being bet by a group of sharp bettors or or whatever it is you understand how the market moves you're very often going to be able to pick that off somewhere and that means that like on every market move if you have yourself set up properly like you have money on enough books and you have them all open and ready to, you know, have an auto refresher on them and you're just sitting there and you're ready to go. Every time the market makes a major move, you should be able to catch it somewhere. So this is going to allow you to make a lot of bets during the day. And it's very simple. It's a very like simple day trading like strategy, right? You just see it move. You see the minus seven lifted off the board. You just go bet it. It's very mindless in a way because you don't have to like after if you like devigging something, you don't have to go, oh, okay, let me go back and see where that line was. Because I think if you're going to properly like use an odd screen, that's just like removing the vig, getting a true probability and applying it somewhere else. If you're doing that, you also should be checking to see where that line has been, right? Steam chasing, you're okay to not do that. I still think that it's important to understand where the line was because if you see a line getting batted back and forth, back and forth, it might be a stay away situation, right? That might not be that might not be the line that you actually want to bet when you see it move. If it was like minus seven to minus eight, and you see it go minus eight to minus seven, and you see it go minus seven to minus eight again, you're like, eh, I don't know, right? So it's still important to have context. There are, is still levels to each one of these, but I think steam chasing is the easiest to understand. Um, you know, you could teach it to somebody in like two minutes and then you could like, you can make them good at it in a couple weeks of practice. Right. And for ease of understand, it has a high time commitment, which is why it's not my favorite, but like, it's super easy to understand. And there's actually like a lot of money to be made because you can steam chase major sports all the time, which have big limits. And you can chase steam, you know, when you can bet a couple thousand a game, no problem. Which is if you're like defigging props, you're not going to be able to get that same unit size. So if you have a big bankroll, you can chase steam and make a lot of money, right? So, and you don't have to, it's not like incredibly intellectually hard, but it, you know, it just takes like, a little bit of focus, a good odd screen that's up to date. And then understanding of like, what is a true market move and what's just like one book changing a number quickly and changing it back, you know? Okay. Number two, number two actually is probably my number one, just because I think there's value to it outside of the money that you can be made. And it's originating a very niche market. So I, I, specify very niche market here because I'm talking about stuff that you can learn to do well in 60 60 days. You're not going to be able to learn to originate a big market in 60 days. It's it's not going to happen. I think it would be the same way like if you were going to say learn how to perfectly like steam chase derivative markets, right? Like you're not to, you know, understand how the derivatives are, you know, attached to the mains and the whole dynamic of how to be very like um, 
how to be nuanced in your understanding of like why certain markets are moving and if a certain move is a fake or not a fake, not that necessarily you can know that, but like there's a high level of steam chasing that I don't think you can do in 60 days. There's a high level of originating you definitely can't do in 60 days. It's arguably the hardest thing to do in sports would be to originate a market like soccer, like, you know, major soccer leagues or NFL or some of the big like horse races, I think. So that aside, there's plenty, especially if you're playing on a site like prize picks or underdog or whatever, where you can originate something like esports headshots, right? That's that that's a market that's available on these um, fantasy apps that like isn't really available on Pinnacle. A lot of esports stuff, for example, is you know more prop based, and that's something that I've seen people have a lot of success originating and modeling. Right? There's a there's a guy on Twitter, LCS Larry. He puts his model out there for League of Legends, and he's absolutely crushing it right and that's you know someone who's obviously super skilled at modeling but he's focusing on a on a sport that he can definitely beat and when i say model originate a niche uh market i do think that you should have some domain knowledge in it so if like your favorite sport is football like a lot of people that's okay but like start trying to figure out like have try and figure out how to predict how many punts a punter will have or something like try and figure out a very niche stat that the sports books just like aren't going to care too much about so even if it's a major sport find find your niche within that major sport right because i do think like you need to enjoy it and you need to find it interesting so it's fine to do a bigger sport like NBA, NFL, whatever, but maybe stick away, stay away from like passing yards or points scored, right? Maybe there's like a defensive rebounds situation. You can, you can originate something that is unique to one of the prop sites that they might not be able to look at a major sports book and uh, just copy them. If they're out there alone, if the prop sites out there alone, that's the market that you can, originate and probably beat them at and in doing that it's going to give you a lot of skills that if you want to do you can take to originating bigger and bigger markets and that's really um where you're going to start making a ton of money right so it's good to it's it's a good skill building exercise regardless of it makes you a ton of money or not i do think steam chasing if you're just trying to make money quickly like it's definitely better to steam chase to devig to you know to do the bonuses but i think that the the learning that you do and the um ceiling of originating is so high and important that this kind of becomes number 2 to me because you can still make money doing it but what it opens up to you in sports betting is such a ton of future profits right number 1 what's the number 1 thing right now you can do to make money i believe it is live arbitrage and this can either be one of two things it can be uh just full arbs you know you're taking like you're taking both sides at both books or if you want to do it a little better and you want to increase your ev 
understanding which side is the side you actually want to be on and which side do you is the, you know, what's the smart side, what's the dumb side, right? That's where the money is right now if you really want to make a ton. So let's say that you're thinking about this, right? And you're like, what do I need to do to, to live our, you need software. There's no way around this. So there's plenty of software out there. Odds jam, odds pulse, uh, maybe unabated has, has this too. I'm not hundred percent sure, but you're going to need software so that you can quickly see, uh, the market during an in-play situation. You're going to need an in-play market. You're probably going to want a TV that has as low latency as, as you can get it so that you can figure out when you can actually bet. Because the only times you want to be able to make you, you want to bet is when there's like a timeout or that the books don't have any more information than you have. Right. So you want to make sure that what you're seeing on the screen is also like what you're seeing at the sports book, just so you know, like an extra play hasn't happened already. And that has actually been the reason the odds moved and you're, you don't know that. And you put in a bet that's a terrible bet, right? So TV, you want to have a time when there's a lot of games going on. So like a 7 PM NBA slate or the college football, you know, the day of college football or whatever. And then you want to have a lot of books funded and then you just sit there and you wait. And there's a ton of ARBs that pop up live because the swings, the models that are creating these numbers and everything, they move around so much more live that the opportunities that are created are just um, are just like multiples more than the pregames, right? A pregame ARB can get fixed pretty quickly. In-game ARBs in the same game could pop up, you know, every 10 minutes, every 10 minutes is a new ARB, right? So this is... Um, in my opinion, right now, the best spot because live betting is still kind of new. And I think that should inform you to the fact that like there is more value there. The newer something is, the more likely there is to kind of be an exploitable hole. So live betting's new. There's a ton of opportunity. The limits are relatively high still. Live betting limits are like decently high. And you can do it basically every day. So in-game betting, I would say in-game arbing, either you take both sides, you take one side, they're both viable strategies. I know people who are doing this to great, great success, like on, a, on pretty big scales, you know, five figure or more months, like five figure or more days. This is, uh, I would say the strategy, the number one strategy now, if you're looking to make a lot of money and be able to get good at it in six months, live arbitrage. So I hope that was a, that was a good episode. I want to make sure that like people have opportunity, you know, have a blueprint to be able to, to make money betting. There's lots of ways that I think are kind of low hanging fruit, but that doesn't mean like it's intuitive to everybody. And I haven't done all of these myself. Um, well, I haven't really like, done them to a large extent myself. So I could be wrong, you know, happy to happy to hear how I ranked your thing too low or too high or whatever it is. So hit me in the comments. Uh, if you can, I would love it if you could share this with somebody else and I will see you on the next episode. 